thank you for tuning in. My name is Angel Fall, and this is Victims to Victorious. I want to thank all of you who follow me on Twitter at On Air Angel, and those of you who believe in the Black Talk Media Project, founded by Scotty Reed. I also want to thank uh, Lisa Rose Rodriguez, who is the segment producer, and Scotty Ro Scotty Reed, who is the executive producer and founder of the Black Talk Media Project. Those of you who follow me on Twitter know that we are coming to Chicago August 9th. We will begin taping a live podcast at 12.30 p.m. Sunday, August 9th at the Black Fire Brigade. Follow the Black Fire Brigade on Twitter. They do very good work. Uh, some of their uh, students become EMTs and firefighters. And that's one reason why we are holding the event there, because those are the exact demographic of, of people, young African-American and Latino men who are at risk for the gun violence based on neighborhood and culture and proximity, et cetera. So when I got ready to uh, prepare for today's show, I saw um, two, two reports. There was a discrepancy in the number of people who were shot in Chicago. I'm choosing the one that um, says <clears throat> Chicago weekend shootings, 63 shot, 12 fatal, fatally in violence across the city. And as you know, I often read these articles. Um, Scotty does post them. My executive producer posts the links to the articles that I find. If you are listening on um, Twitter or on the Black Talk radio network, you can go to these articles. This one was published Monday, July 20th. Chicago weekend shootings, 63 shot, 12 fatally in violence across the city. And that comes from ABC 7 in Chicago. Chicago weekend shootings have left 63 people shot, 12 fatally across the city. The shootings took place from 6 p.m. until 11.59 p.m. on Sunday. Those of you who have been following me uh, for more than a year now, know that Chicago keeps a rolling toll of gunshot wound victims. And the cutoff time for the previous day is 11.59 p.m. And Chicago also uses the technology where they can um, hear the shots and then the police respond. I've spoken about that before. That's the same technology you might have in your home, like I do, where if I um, drop a glass and the alarm is on, it registers as a glass break and it triggers the alarm. So it's about the magnitude of the sound, for instance, and that's something we understand, magnitude and frequency on the radio, as well as those of us who study epidemiology, we understand the magnitude and the frequency of diseases. And of course, COVID-19 is quite lethal uh, for people who move into the tertiary disease stage and gunshot wounds are often not lethal, but end up causing the victim a lot of morbidity, morbidity and mortality. So mortality really is if the person dies. So most of the people who are shot were shot last weekend, uh, 63, 12 of them uh, succumbed to their injuries. Police said a group was gathered in the 11300 block of South Carpenter about 11.52 p.m. when someone fired shots in the direction of the group. Police said 26-year-old man and a 41-year-old man 
were both shot in the head and transported to the hospital where they were pronounced dead. Two young boys among three shot in Auburn Gresham, Chicago police say. Three others were also shot. Police said another 26 year old man was shot in the head and transported to Advocate Christ Hospital in critical condition. A 37 year old man was shot in the leg and transported to Roseland Hospital in good condition. And a 48 year old man was shot and transported to the University of Chicago Medical Center in critical but stable condition. And one of the things I want the listeners to realize is Chicago has a whole lot of trauma centers, but also uh, some of these same hospitals have to share ER resources with gunshot wound victims. And Mayor Lightfoot was actually a mayor along with the mayor of Baltimore, who they've actually come on TV talking about uh, in, a, in a way that I find a bit, um, a bit ineffective. In, in other words, they're saying to people who they know are at risk, stop shooting each other because we need the ER for people who um, might be experiencing COVID-19 COVID symptoms. And to them, I would say that there are public health solutions to this. More policing is not the solution. People who are armed with guns are not the solution to a problem that has a societal impetus, if you will. The forum we're doing on August 9th is going to be called the Societal Pathogen, P-A-T-H-O-G-E-N. A pathogen is a bacteria or virus and even a prion. Those are organisms that cause disease. So using the disease model, I am saying that the social ill here is a pathogen. It has a pathogenetic pattern. People are infected, people are at risk. And if people are at risk and you use the disease model, you will see that gun violence can be cured in a population. So if you are on Twitter, I have two hashtags that I would like for you to follow. One of them is hashtag gun violence can be cured. And the other one is hashtag cure gun violence. And I will post another hashtag for the listeners and followers and podcast downloaders to, um, to use before we get to Chicago on August 9th. A 37-year-old man was shot in the leg and transported to Roseland Hospital. That's where we left. And then we talked about Chicago Medical Center and that there are, there are many, many trauma centers in Chicago. No one is in custody in connection with the shooting. Why is that important? We've said time and time again here on Victims Do Victorious that most of the African-American males who are shot, the cases are not ever solved. Why aren't they solved? This speaks to a couple of things. Straw, straw purchasing of guns. Um, Cure Violence, for instance, the organization that started in Chicago they take a look at the social circle of the people who were shot. And they know that sometimes the victim is not going to come forward because he or she is planning a retaliatory killing. And they have been good, but uh, they have been good at stopping those based on their own data and grant funding. At about 10.45 p.m. Sunday in Chatham, a shooting left a man dead. If I'm mispronouncing any of these places in Chicago, Illinois, uh, just um, 
send me a message on Twitter. I do take my direct messages on Air Angel. I also will answer email, madamfall at AOL.com. At about 10.45 p.m. Sunday in Chaplin, a shooting left a man dead. About 10.45 p.m., the 21-year-old was standing outside a vehicle in the 8200 block of South Cottage Grove Avenue when he was shot in the back as another vehicle drove by, police said. The man was taken to the University of Chicago Medical Center where he died. Earlier, a man was killed in Little Village on the southwest side. The 20-year-old was shot about 2.55 a.m. in the 3200 block of West Cermak Road, C-E-R-M-A-K Road. According to police, he was dropped off at Mount Sinai Hospital with gunshot wounds to his right cheek and the right side of his abdomen and pronounced dead a short time later. About 20 minutes before that, a man was killed and a woman was injured in the loop. They were in a vehicle headed north in the 300 block of North Wabash Avenue about 2.35 a.m. when they saw a group of males on the east side of the bridge over the Chicago River arguing with someone in the middle of the street, according to police. The male in the street fired a handgun toward the group, but hit the man and woman in the vehicle. The victims drove to the first block of East Wacker Drive, where they flagged down police officers and asked for medical attention. The man, 35-year-old Gregory Crawford of Maywood, was shot in the neck and taken to Northwest Memorial Hospital, where he died, according to the police and the Cook County Medical Examiner's Office. The woman, 25, was shot in both arms and taken to Northeast, Northwestern in serious condition. Right then again, we're naming other trauma centers. And I saw that a, that a very uh, historic, important hospital was closing in Bronzeville, which is a historic black neighborhood in Chicago, amongst all the corona and amongst all the gunshot wounds. And one of the things I'm gonna unpack here, because I know that my listeners understand the prevention of gun violence and that gun violence has a pattern. Now, one of the uh, public health tenants or, or definitions I mentioned at the top of the show was morbidity. So a lot of times people who are not in the public health arena use, use morbidity um, and mortality interchangeably, but they are not really the same when you look at the public health definition. So the people who died suffer mortal injuries and then they succumb to those mortal injuries and they are dead. The people who have mortal injuries that survive go from critical to surviving. However, their lives might not be the same. The unnamed female victim who was with Gregory Crawford of Maywood, she shot in both arms and taken to Northwestern in serious condition, the police report says. So you have to ask yourself, first you have to say, praise God, she didn't die. But what about being shot in two arms? Um, to use some self-disclosure, self one of the reasons why you don't see my, my right hand in front of the camera when I'm gesturing is I have been diagnosed with carpal tunnel and tendinitis in my right hand, and I was not able to get um, my surgery during the pandemic. I have a surgery uh, consultation later on in early in the fall, I believe, or later this summer. But the point is there's certain things I cannot do with my hand and I'm not even shot. 
I'm just suffering from what occurs when people have repetitive movements. So imagine someone who is missing a finger, missing a thumb. A thumb is the most important finger that you have. It defines primates, the use of the thumb, being able to go like that. So she is shot in both arms. Being shot in the arm, it also makes a difference where the bullet entered in the arm. Is she going to have to have an amputation? Those are all the things associated with morbidity and gunshot wounds. So since you have to be hospitalized for your gunshot wounds to be cured, for the bullets to be removed, remember 50 Cent got shot nine times and the surgeon in the movie says something like, he's never operated on someone who survived that. So since it's hospitalization has to occur, then the medicalization of the social ill must also occur. On Saturday morning, a man was shot in the Humboldt Park on the west side. Angie Webster was shot multiple times at 6.28 a.m. in the 3400 block of West Ohio Street. We are broadcasting from Cleveland, Ohio right now. And um, in a few, in um, 10 days or so, we will be broadcasting live in Chicago, Illinois. Police in the Cook County Medical Op uh, Examiner's office, office said he was pronounced dead at the scene. And that's Angie Webster. One of the things we're going to do on August 9th is we're going to have a silent memorial to the people who lost their lives to gunshot wounds between July 9th and August 9th. So if you know Angie Webster, or if you know Mr. Crawford, Gregory, Gregory Crawford of Maywood, you're welcome to come to the Black Fire Brigade on Kedzie and hold a picture of the person, of the decedent, of the person that you love. And that is no longer here because an interpersonal conflict turned into violence, because someone mishandled a weapon. In the case of the woman who shot, she probably is just collateral damage. So all of those are reasons why people will want to come and honor and give credence and val validation to someone who lost their lives for no reason. And couch that under the umbrella of a deadly pandemic. If you just tuned in, my name is Angel Fall. We are on the Black Talk Radio Network. The show is called Victims to Victorious. And I wanna thank Matthew Walcott for the new graphic. Uh, Scotty, the uh, executive producer, and I found it to be very, very, very gripping and vibrant and certainly apropos for our um, broadcast. Miguel Rios, 18, was driving south on Washtenaw Avenue at 328 a.m. when someone shot at him, authorities said. He was struck in the armpit and crashed the vehicle into a tree in the 2600 block of West 24th Street. Rios, who lived in Gage Park, was pronounced dead at the scene. Less than 20 minutes before that, one man was fatally shot and four other people were injured in Laudan on the west side. The group was standing on the sidewalk and street 312 a.m. in the 1600 block of South Keeler Avenue. Now remember, there are patterns to gunshots in terms of where they occur more frequently. 
And the Department of Agriculture actually has a study that they conducted in Philadelphia and they actually got up in helicopters and in the air and counted and marked and mapped out tree coverage. What they discovered in Philadelphia is the areas with the most tree coverage had the least amount of gunshot activity. I'm going to say that again. The areas with the most amount of tree coverage, which they measured by air, have the least amount of gunshot wound activity. So I'm assuming from some of these addresses in Chicago, there's very little greenery. Those same, those same researchers in Philadelphia also found that where there are blighted buildings, abandoned buildings, on unkept garbage and trash, those become backgrounds for gun violence. So that information is also interesting. We did one show on it. You can uh, send me a direct message. I can send you a link, or you can go to Angel Falls Facebook page and look for some of the shows and the link to the Black Talk Radio Network, where uh, Scotty has posted and archived all the shows. So what we're doing today, if you just joined us, we are Victims to Victorious. That's the name of the show. It's not a happy, it's not a happy subject. We want to cure gun violence because gun violence, according to certain groups of epidemiologists, is curable using public health models. This afternoon on Facebook, um, someone asked me what are some of the solutions. She was unfamiliar with our broadcast and she was unfamiliar with public health models. So one of the solutions I had for her was that African-American men can identify themselves as being at risk by certain factors, like for instance, felony assault is a factor. Have you been a victim of felony assault or someone um, assaulted you where you needed to have medical attention? That is a predictor for gun violence. Previous violence is a predictor for gun violence. Learning how to solve interpersonal conflicts without weapons is a huge factor here because many of us know that someone died because of disrespect. And that's really something that could have been worked out later. Using harm reduction models, I would like for African-American men to be able to identify themselves at risk and develop a different set of skills in solving anger. And we'll talk more about that on August 9th at the Black Fire Brigade in Chicago. That taping will begin at 12 30 p.m. Returning to the article, we're going to look at a few more of the victims. I always want to give the victims a name. And if you know any of these victims, let them know that they can come and have their loved one memorialized in a silent memorial by standing out on the street in front of the Black Fire Brigade on Kedzie. I believe it's 8404. And all I want is for people to be masked, of course, gloves are optional, and have a picture of the decedent so that the news media and other activists and people who are empathetic so that they can actually take a picture of, of the loved one. And then it can, be, it can be a type of solace, a type of healing, an acknowledgement that this is an, this is an individual, this is an individual. Thanks for calling. We're on Victims to Victorious. This is an individual. This is a human being. That's what I want to emphasize. Of course, this is um, uh, a podcast and 
we may have some ambient sounds from time to time, but focus on the topic. I'm going to read a little bit more about some of the other victims. Some are named, some are not. A 36-year-old woman was shot in the left leg. A 32-year-old man was shot in the right arm, police said. Two other men, whose ages are not immediately known, were also shot in the right leg. All four were taken to Mount Sinai Hospital in good condition. Nearly two hours earlier, a 67-year-old man was fatally shot in Austin on the west side. He was walking on the sidewalk about 12.30 a.m. in the 4900 block of West Hubbard Street when someone fired shots from a vacant lot. What did I just say about vacant lots and abandoned buildings? They foster gun violence, the research shows. The man was shot in the neck and pronounced dead at Stroper Hospital. The weekend's earliest homicide killed one man and injured another Friday night in Chatham on the south side. They were in a first floor apartment about 9.59 p.m. in the 8200 block of South Drexel Avenue when a male kicked in the door and opened fire, authorities said. Derek Teague, 60, was shot in the neck and pronounced dead at the scene. He lived in Bronzeville. And of course, Bronzeville is a historic neighborhood in Chicago. I had the pleasure of staying there uh, two years ago and I totally enjoyed the history. And I'm hoping when I left the theater, the famous theater was in, uh, was dishe disheveled and in disarray. So we're hoping that uh, that could come back and be vibrant. Of course, there are no concerts being held right now, but that there is a whole project to restore that historic theater that flourished during segregation. So one of the things about the last two people I read is the age. They are outliers. The people who are most at risk are, are teenagers to uh, young adults through about age 39. So without looking at my notes, I would say between age 15 and 39, and African-American and male. Even with the morbidity we mentioned in these articles, I hope you as a prudent listener will notice that the actual deaths are overrepresented by the males, that most of the women we discuss who are accompanied with the man, or in the company of the man, they, although shot in this article, they do not succumb to their injuries. So why is that important? That suggests that the man was the intended victim. Most African-American males in this age group that I mentioned are killed by a friend acquaintance or relative. And I'm going to say that again, friend, acquaintance, or relative. Listen when we say uh, that the man, they were in a first floor apartment about 9.52 p.m. in the 8200 block of South Drexel Avenue when a male kicked in the door and opened fire. So they knew who they wanted. That person was targeted. If you just tuned in, my name is Angel Ball, and you are watching Victims to Victorious, a podcast that is made possible by the Black Talk Media Project. You can go on the Black Talk Radio Network and look on, uh, look on the right-hand side, the right-hand side, and you will see a button that says Donate. Donations are very important for nonprofits. Very, very important. One thing about being a nonprofit and espousing and promoting and advocating for the issues 
that are really, really concerning for African-American people is you don't have the, the pull of the corporate sponsorship. You don't have the censorship of the corporate sponsorship. And of course, to bring the uh, forum to Chicago, the societal pathogen, gun violence, the culture and the cures, we do need your support. Go to my Facebook page, Angel Fall, and click on the GoFundMe link. We have expenses, we have an RV, we have signage, we have updated graphics, we have a crew to pay, we have chairs to rent and tents. These are all expenses. The Black Talk Radio Network is located in North Carolina. I am traveling from Cleveland, Ohio, and the RV that we're going to use as a green room and a studio is being driven from Omaha, Nebraska. Follow me on Twitter, On Air Angel, to get an update about the show. If you do show up on August 9th, remember the Black Fire Brigade requires masks, and you should have one on. If you are mourning a loved one who died because of these gunshots I described, we want to help you memorialize them silently. Email me their name, madamfall at AOL.com, and I will make sure that um, they are memorialized if you cannot get there. If you need more details, again, follow me on Twitter, on Air Angel, or email me directly. The silent memorial in the forum will be held August 9th at the Black Fire Brigade, and you can also follow them on Twitter and Facebook. Now here is a sad story too. All of these stories are sad, but I want you to understand that when I present the data that gun violence has a pattern, a 14-year-old boy was shot Saturday night in Gresham on the south side. He was on the sidewalk about 9.30 p.m. in the 7600 block of South Green Street where someone approached him with a handgun and fired shots, according to police. The teen was hit in the upper right side of his back and his right shoulder and taken to the University of Connecticut. I'm sorry, that's where, that's where I did my graduate school, I'm sorry. The University of Chicago Medical Center in good condition. In the afternoon, two boys were shot during a dice game in Lawndale. So what does that tell you about the dice game? Do you play dice with strangers? No, you play dice with people in your neighborhood. You play dice with your friends. Sometimes my father said he used to shoot dice and that's how we paid for college. The teens 14 and 17 were playing dice about 3.35 p.m. on the sidewalk in the 1500 block of South Sawyer Avenue when someone in a vehicle pulled up and opened fire, police said. The 17-year-old was shot in the groin and the 14-year-old was struck in the buttocks. Both were taken to Mount Sinai Hospital where they were in good condition. It's amazing to me that in the same article, there is, a, there is a shooting victim who's taken to Comer Children's Hospital. Children being shot in these incidents is inexcusable and it is beyond tragic. English does not have enough descriptors to describe the horrendous nature of that. The poor baby, the poor infant, 
the toddler, they have no idea what was going to happen to them. And at that point in your life, you don't know that you could die. A 17 year old was pumping gas at a gas station about 2.35 a.m. in the 5500 block of West Diversity Avenue when someone fired shots from a black SUV, according to police. The boy was shot in the back and taken to Community First Medical Center. He was transferred to Stronger Hospital in fair condition. After an hour and a half, about an hour and a half before that, I don't know why they report them in this order. Another 14-year-old was wounded in Albany Park on the north side. The boy was shot in the left hand at 12.58 a.m. in the 3600 block of West Argyle Street, police said. He refused to tell police about the circumstances of the shooting. He was dropped off at Swedish Covenant Hospital and transferred to Rury Children's Hospital in good condition. Imagine that you are living in a city where the pediatrician gets gunshot wound victim skills. Two children's hospitals are mentioned here, Comer Children's Hospital and Lori's Lori Children's Hospital, Children's Hospital. On Friday night, another teen was shot in Inglewood on the south side. The 17-year-old was standing on the sidewalk about 9.47 p.m. in the 6900 block of South Lafayette Avenue where someone fired shots from a black sedan, police said. The boy was struck in the leg and arm and was taken to the University of Chicago Medical Center in fair condition. All these hospitals are resources and gunshot wound victims run up a horrendous bill. Depending on where what your estimate is, it could be as much as $50,000 or more because of hospitalization. Now, one of, the, and so, so one of the things I want you to know is what if the doctors and the nurses were using these resources for something else? They're clearly not trying to solve gun violence in Chicago because they're not public health solutions in place. Meantime, the mayor, Mayor Lightfoot, believes more policing solves gun violence. We know she has not been told about other avenues, other venues. More policemen is way more expensive. Ban abandoned buildings can be abandoned buildings can be fixed cheaper than what it would cost to hire policemen, pay medical, buy a uniform, buy a new car buy weapons for those policemen. Small changes can get big results. And that's what I've been advocating here on Victims to Victorious. If you just tuned in, uh, my name is Angel Fall and we are on the Black Talk Radio Network. We're going to pause for this station ID. You are tuned in to the Black Talk Radio Network, which is managed and uh, maintained by the Black Talk Media Project. Find out more information by looking us up on Facebook at Black Talk Media Project. And make sure you also follow us on Facebook at Black Talk Radio Network. Thank you, Scotty. And he's very humble, but he is the founder of the Black Talk Media Project and the Black Talk Radio Network. Go to the Black Talk Radio Network and you will see shows that address other issues. 
Uh, we have an award for the Black Talk Radio Network. Scotty, are you still standing by? Yes, ma'am. Can you tell the, the audience about uh, the award for the Black Talk Radio Network that's on Facebook? Um, well, it's actually on blacktalkradionetwork.com. It'll be, it's a permanent article that I made per permanent to like just change around some stuff on the, on the website. That was the best way to present the information. But for two years running, we have uh, been awarded um, uh, number one in black digital radio and black digital audio podcast uh, by this uh, company called Feedspot, this uh, podcasting and digital marketing uh, company out of uh, based in India. So two years in a row, uh, Black Talk Radio Network as a whole has uh, been awarded that top spot by them in two different categories, actually, of uh, African-American as well as the African diaspora. So that that's so yeah that yeah that's that's the truth. And then Black Talk Radio News, my podcast has been. I'm not going to call it an award, but it has been recognized by other uh, podcasting or or Black culture, um, you know, columns um, as being one of the you know top pro. The last one said that if you're looking for a podcast to discuss. Uh, the issues surrounding George George Floyd, you know, and uh, they recognize Black Talk Radio News as as the number one uh, feed for that. Thank thank you so much. The listeners and viewers and followers need to know how important that is, because we have issues here that we are discussing with an intellectual filter, with the activism filter, with the historic filter. And there's so much out there in the urban community um, where hip hop no longer discusses a lot of these things. Um, the, the vast majority of hip hop songs are not about issues that are this heavy. I remember the message in Grandmaster Flash. I remember going to that concert as a teenager. And that was a big deal because the, the music then had more of the African diaspora tradition of being an griot type. Uh, performance where you're telling your own story, your personal story, even if it's full of illicit uh, acts and problems, it's still your own personal story and was told in such a way that it would motivate you not to succumb to the same urban problems. So that leads us, seg segues us into the undercurrent here, if you will, of the entire groups, these entire groups of shootings and that there is tension in the society because of the coronavirus. People have been sheltered in place. And many of us black and brown people, we don't live in housing that allows for social distancing. And so we're already frustrated. We're already crowded. Um, and it's not all of us. Clearly, black medical doctors and black lawyers are not shooting each other from darkened windows SUVs at 3.30 in the morning. However, it is a concern for all of us, even if we don't live that way. So the coronavirus and the heat, I've done a show about the heat. Um, it's called V2V, Murder, Mayhem, and Weather When Heat Kills. That's an added factor now. It's 80 and 90 degrees across the Midwest. So coronavirus is the backstory. And I'm going to talk a little bit about and I've talked about it before, war and disease go together. War and disease go together because 
when um, in a traditional war, the resources that would normally be used to keep people healthy are using for people with horrendous injuries. Remember my word, morbidity and mortality. So right now in Illinois, Corona, and I'm reading from the Chicago Tribune, Coronavirus in Illinois updates. Pritzker offers bleak assessment on how, on how state is faring in fight against COVID-19 as 1,393 new confirmed cases and 18 more deaths were reported. A COVID-19 tester retrieves a mouth swab sample from people at a free testing site at Harrison Park in Chicago's Pilsen neighborhood. This picture was taken July 24th. Now, I'm using some more self-disclosure here. I used to work in a hospital and take HIV AIDS samples, be they buccal cell samples or serology samples, and I did not have to wear a hazmat uniform. I didn't even wear a mask or goggles. So this is something that is extremely serious. Taking, taking the sample, the, the people are gloved up. I used to wear gloves when I would take the sample. They are masked up because of the virulence of COVID-19 and the lethality. Virulence and lethality can mean the same thing here. And that is how deadly the organism is. Now, most people who get corona do survive. However, once it passes to the tertiary disease stage, that is the final disease stage, it is very difficult for them to keep you alive if you have to go on the ventilator. Illinois announced 1,300 new confirmed illnesses of COVID-19 on Wednesday, the seventh straight day with more than 1,000 new cases. The state has also announced 18 new deaths and the results of 38,187 tests. But here I would say my colleagues in podcasting and the media who report positive cases as the disease are in error. Everyone who tests positive does not have the disease. When you're dealing with a pandemic or really any disease that's diagnosed by the doctor, there's something called a case-based definition. So the person has to have other symptoms along with the positive test for it to be a true COVID-19 case. So there's a lot of blurring of the lines here. The symptoms have been redefined. The testing isn't available. And some of the coroners are working backwards from the death to determine if the person was infected and also succumbed to some of the symptoms. And of course, a respiratory distress would be lethal in some people and that would be a symptom that the coroner would be allowed to use to define the death as COVID-19. The new numbers come as Governor J.B. Prisker warned on Wednesday that Illinois could be headed for a reversal in its reopening as the state continues to see a resurgence in coronavirus case numbers and he called on residents to defend our progress. Here I am making a link. There is prevention for gun violence, and there is prevention for COVID-19. Gun violence isn't just random in the way people think. And random can have a statistical definition of equal probability of none or all and everything in between. So a lot of people believe that, but gun violence has a pattern. The people who die from COVID have a pattern. They share a demographic. 
So if you can prevent COVID by washing your hands, okay, then you can use a prevention to prevent gun violence. So one of the preventions that I'm advocating for is determine who is at risk. We know it's going to be African-American males in urban settings between teenage, between the age of a teenager, mid-teens, 14, 15, to about 39 years old. So what are some of the preventions? At the top of the show, I mentioned interpersonal uh, conflict resolution skills. Another thing I mentioned was straw buying, who keep people from buying guns. Now, another, another way to solve the homicides, that just brings the numbers down of the open cases, would be to do micro stamping on every bullet sold. And they do that in California. Another prevention for uh, gun violence would be uh, the way that the guns are stored. In Canada, you have to store your gun at a gun club. That means you have to go and get it and they have to open the door and you unlock it. So if we were to move to different ways to, to restrict access, all of these things will ball up and help us fight a preventable disease. Reading more about COVID-19. Later on Wednesday, the Illinois High School Association put the football season on ice due to continuing concerns surrounding the pandemic. According to a new plan introduced by the IHSA, there will be a streamlined football season from February 15th to May, and that's next year. So the social distancing is a prevention. How do you social distance from gun violence, you might be asking? Well, one of the things that you can do as someone who feels angry enough to shoot someone is to understand that you are feeling that angry and remove yourself from the area. But that's that's simple. It's easier said than done. But if you're at home ranting and raving about someone stepped on your tennis shoes and you're not at the area with your pistol, what's likely to happen? Little small things where we want to elicit a behavior change. Masks are behavior change. Gloves are behavior change. Sitting and talking six feet away from someone is a behavior change. This way we are broadcasting on Zoom is a behavior change. These are all results of a social, of a so, of social distancing and of a change in the societal norms. That's where I'm going with this. So let's change the societal norms around gun violence. Hopefully on August 9th, we'll be able to talk to people who believe that music, that the rap music of today is full of euphemisms about homicide and that it glorifies um, shooting and killing others. So there are people who say the violent culture, the movies, the action movies, the idea that um, anyone can own a gun if they can find a person to, to sell them one. Those are all things that we will be addressing on August 9th at the Black Fire Brigade. So gun violence is preventable and so is COVID-19. Illinois has a new COVID-19 plan. Uh, you can um, hit me up on Twitter or Facebook, Angel Fall on Facebook, on our Angel on Twitter, and I will send you the article. Um, Scotty also will post this article from the Chicago Tribune when he posts this show. 
At 6.59 p.m. today, health officials contacting Lincoln Way East prom attendees after positive COVID-19 tests. Well, county health officials, Will County health officials are trying to track down dozens of Lincoln Way East graduates and chaperones who recently attended a student organized prom in Indiana after a couple of attendees tested positive for the coronavirus. Now that's, that's basic contact tracing. And during the epidemic, I have been very distressed by seeing that this is not done. That is a very basic gumshoe epidemiology. I used to bang on the door in Connecticut and say, excuse me, someone that you had sex with or used drugs with has tested positive for HIV AIDS. Can I come in and test you? That was not being done in the same way. And you can see from the television news reports, you have to be gloved and masked up to test somebody for COVID-19 because it's highly contagious, lethal, and virulent. So those are some of the um, facts and stories I want to share today. We are um, running out of time. I want to remind you that we are coming to the Chicago Fire Brigade on August 9th. The taping will begin at 12.30 p.m. We do want to get there and do everything we need to, but because this is a nonprofit, we need help from the community. So go to Angel Falls Facebook page. I'm saying Angel Fall with a possessive S, but don't type that in. Go to the Angel Fall Facebook page and click on GoFundMe. You can also go to Lisa uh, L. Rodriguez. You can go to her Facebook page and click on that. She's sponsoring, she's the line producer uh, for, this, uh, for this event and she's made a donation already. And of course the Black Talk Media Project is a nonprofit and so Whatever you can give can help. Some of our expenses I mentioned, the RV has to come. It'll be used as a studio and a green room. We want to give guests a per diem, that's some of it. Uh, so let us hear from you. Show up, donate, and remember if there is a loved one of yours who died as a result of a gunshot wound in Chicago, please come at 11 a.m. on the 9th with a picture of your loved one and stand in front of the Black Brigade silently. That's what we want. Thank you for tuning in to Victims to Victorious. I'm Angel Fall and we'll see you next week.